Are you ready this morning for what God's going to do? Now, uh, August month is a phenomenal month. And don't forget next weekend as we go and uh, all the activities and even in the limited state that we are in, we see how God is blessing and moving in this ministry and do the things outside the ordinary for us. And uh, so August, we start with a phenomenal word uh, by August is the eighth month of this year. And also it is a number of a fresh start, new beginnings. And that's what we want to impart in people to go to higher horizons. Now, God is not moved by all the pain and all the things. He's, of course, he's compassionate, but that doesn't limit God. Say, it doesn't limit God. And uh, so nothing that we go through can put God in a box. We know it's not God. We are dealing with life issues and there's a devil there, but he's defeated. If you look under your feet, it says, put him under your feet. Will you put the devil back where he belongs to today? I don't care if you just wear a size 3 shoe or a size 15. Just put the devil back where he belongs. Now, then we start the first Sunday. You must build strong. You say, Paul addressed the Christians in Ephesus and he says, be strong. Say, God wants me strong. See, this is very important because it's not weak people. Uh, if you are weak in spirit, everything is going to conquer you. You need to be strong. <laughs> Daniel in the lion's den, he had to be strong. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning fiery furnace after they refused to bow when Madonna is going to sing or Michael Jackson. And then the king said, Hit up the fire seven times more. And they say, King, we know what you say. If we die, we die. But our God is a jealous God. We're not going to bow before you. And then they threw them in the burning fiery furnace. And the people who threw them in, they were barbecued, toasted, and cremated. Marsalsak, Mielsak, and Applesak. That's now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king said, let's see what's happening there. And when they looked, they saw instead of three people, four. And the king said, oh my word, we put three in now, there's four. There's a fourth man always in your situation. And he changed the law. Say the laws will change. On behalf of what you do for God. And that's what God, God didn't save us. I've seen the dead raised. I've raised my own sister. I've raised Aunt Demas by his grace and mercy. And it's not boasting. I'm just telling you what happened. Uh, we, in the revival, the man died outside. People ran, raised him from the dead, and he came and testified. So the dead is not the great miracle. I've seen blind eyes. I've seen cripple. I, I've got a creative miracle of a second kidney. Uh, I've seen supernatural stuff happen. But that's not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle sits here and in our audience this morning that you once were lost, now you are saved. You have a song that no angel can ever sing. And it's not amazing grapes, how sweet and round. It's amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I am found. So you are now Christ's personal ambassador. His personal representative on the face of the earth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17. He made us new creatures, so he made you to give you. And he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. And then so that you can be what be. 
Oh, I, I just travel through earth and this is difficult and I wish Jesus want to come. And that's the cry of the church. Maranatha, Jesus just come and the trump. No, the trumpet, there's false prophets. And they're going to be revealed in September that prophesied that Jesus is coming. They are false. And I told it in the beginning of the year, and I said it last year. I said, they're false. And then everybody tries to attack me. How do you know? I said, Jesus is not coming in 2021. Also not in 2022 and 23 and 24. There's another guy that prophesied he's coming very shortly. And a big church, I, when the people told me, I said, he's false. Now, Gustav, why are you so outspoken? You are on television. I said, because there's too many people lost. That needs to be saved. And we are responsible. The gospel must be preached to the uttermost parts of the world before Jesus come. And that's the word. That's the Bible. So now, now this is the thing. So you need to build a strong spirit. Then two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago, we spoke on build a strong soul dimension. I must manage my mind because my mind, the, the thoughts I occupy is the direction my life is going to go. If you think you're hopeless and no good and never going to make it and useless and nobody, guess what direction is your life? As a man thinketh in his heart, that means your mind, so is he. So you must manage your mind. The first thing, we've said three things. Number two, why must I manage my mind? Because my thoughts control my life, number one. Number two, my mind is the battlefield. The enemy, birds can fly over your head, but they don't need to, uh, let me get a nice word, make a nest there. You see, uh, because <laughs> the enemy, Ephesians chapter 6, Amplified Translation, he says, God gave you the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith to quench all the, now listen to the terminology, the fiery missiles of the enemy. So what does the enemy do? He works with the speed of a thought. Whoever sits in this building never had a thought that the enemy tell you, you're not going to make it, the pandemic, this is going to happen, you're going to get worse, and it's going to get more bad, and you're going to have less money, and you're going to go bankrupt, and you're going to lose your job, and he's got a lust of stuff that he tries to shoot in your mind. He works with the speed of a thought. So I must manage my mind. This is where the battlefield is. And the third thing is, your mind, why I must manage my mind, that's the key to happiness and peace. God wants you to have a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of everything. Then last Sunday, we spoke on the three pillars to build a strong mind. Number one, I must feed my mind with truth. You are only what the Word says you are. If you're anything than what the Word says, it's what you decide and what the devil has planned. You must feed your mind with truth. I am. I can do what the Word says. I will achieve. I can have. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Feed your mind. Number two, second pillar that we spoke last Sunday on. You must free your mind from destructive thoughts. Free your mind. 
Second Corinthians chapter 10. We war not against flesh and blood. Our, war, weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God to pull down strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is anything that you build up in your mind against the true knowledge of God. God. God says you're victorious. God says you are blessed. God says you are his son and daughter. God says you're phenomenal. God says you are more than a conqueror. God says you're going to make it. God says every place you trample on, he will give it in your hands. Anything less than that becomes a stronghold because somebody said, somebody made a remark. I sit with people and counsel them and the stories the parents said, the brother said, the mother said, that one said, and they live. They are 30 years past what somebody said, and they still, it's like South Africa. They're still stuck. Most South Africans are still stuck in Jan van Riebeek, in P.W. Boeta, and Vervoort. And we 27 years later. And they still stuck there. And as long as you are stuck in the past, you're never going to go to the front. This is the problem. Because they feed their minds with poison. And the third pillar we had to build on, focus your mind. Anything that has the ability to take your focus off your God-given assignment is a focus thief and will rob you from any good thing from God. So this morning, because there's four things in life, how you build a strong life and how you can complete your life mission. I hate it when people die and they didn't complete their life mission. God didn't save us just to make heaven. Then we could have, when we baptized people, helped God long ago with a few people. We stuck them and we drowned them and they go straight. There they go. God saved us to impact the world. You see, until you understand your model Jesus' way of doing things, you will just float through life. That's why we said you need three things in life. You need a model. The perfect model is Jesus. Paul, Stephen, Peter. There was Smith Wigglesworth, Dad Hagen. There was models. And you need a model in your life. Somebody that can model what it is to love Jesus. And how he operated. Then you need a mentor. The other monster people have, I have 10 mentors. Said, okay, do they agree? No, not one of them agree. I have a prophet, I have an apostle, uh, a pustle, I have uh, this and a that and a educator. I said, now are they in unity? No, they teach, contradict each other. I said, baby, I didn't want to say that word in the Afrikaans service this morning. Because they're here, they're there, they're everywhere. I said, get somebody that lived the life that, that's a B flat. That's a very high note. And uh, that's so sweet. Listen, and uh, you need a model, you need a mentor, and you need friends that believe in you. If people don't believe in you, Cut them out, shift them out, shift them. We're not perfect, but you need somebody that can believe you are a yes, I can person through Jesus Christ. 
So that's what you, because you, you need to build a strong life, a strong spirit, a strong mind, build it on the pillars. And this morning, I want to help you with the third one, what you need to build on. You need to build a strong financial foundation. Now, people don't want to hear that. Oh, they close as a muscle the moment when you say finances. Because, now let's agree, there are creepy crawlies out there that's, that con people out of their money. And they stand on pulpits and they scam. Somebody phoned me 7 o'clock this morning and I knew it was a scam because I've got true collar. And it says M-I-N. And I thought it's Manie, one of our people. And when I picked up this gentleman, I don't want to say in what voice he spoke to me. He said, good morning, I'm phoning from MTN. I said, sis, shame on you. This time of the morning. And he put down the phone and I text him. I said, I report you to the Hawks. You are a scam and shame on you. I phoned that number back after I sent it. Now it's on voicemail. So there's a lot of scammers out there. And uh, this is not God's way. Because you must realize we are dealing with a real thief. There's a thief in our nation hanging over. It's a spiritual thing. He, He wants to make people poorer. Rob them. From what God has intent. South Africa is marked by God. This nation, hear the word of the Lord. This nation is not going under. It's going over. It's not moving backwards. It's moving forwards. Because that's the word of God. God has marked South Africa to impact the world. My prayer is every day, Jesus, what part can I do to, to, what do you want me to do? So I want to share with you this morning to help you because you need to build a strong spirit, a strong mind, soul dimension, and build a strong financial foundation. And in the, the last one of these series will be how to build strong relationships. You need to be plugged in. I cannot float all over. Where do you worship? No, I'm part of the invisible. Somebody told me that. Okay, some of you will understand what I just said. And I said, he belongs to the invisible church. I said, when you die, get the invisible pastor to bury you. Because don't get with me in cliches and charismania and uh, the stiberich nonsense people talk. The local church is the vehicle God wants to use. Right to the church in Ephesus. He said, you have departed. You the people. He didn't say God. He said, you personally have left your first love. And the enemy, there's a new teaching out here in Cape Town, say that the local church is the prostitute of the book of Babylon. That people are in big prostitute trouble. Because Christ is the head, we the body. And if Christ is the head and we the body and we the church, come on somebody, and Christ is the head, we are part of each other. You need to be plugged in. Imagine I sit here and I open up my body and I take my liver out and I throw it and my liver starts jumping. It will be a bloody business running around you. No, you will die. And a lot of people are spiritually dead. They like that Walking Dead movies. Now, I don't watch movies, but they like Walking Dead people because they're not connected to the life source. 
relationships. So allow me this morning, and I'm honored. Thank you for allowing me and all our pastors, and we've got phenomenal pastors, to be your shepherds. We're actually just your servants. I painted something yesterday, and I finished it with aloe vera and a valley and, and, and a road and rocks and stuff. And somebody said from America, when they saw that, they said, you need to put a donkey in there because you're the donkey that Jesus can ride. So I'm going to paint another one and put a donkey in because I've learned I've got nothing to prove. I'm not here to impress nobody because I want you to walk out of the service that you can know how to be victorious, an overcomer, and a champion. I can hype you, and I can let all of us fall over because the presence of God is here. But it doesn't help to be hyped, and I pump the flesh. And you walk out of the corporate anointing. You go back home to the same old trouble, the same battles, and you have to live with you. How many of you discovered uh, to live with yourself is sometimes very difficult? Thank you for the honest one. You're going to pray for us right now. And you need to lay hands on me. And that's why it's important to build a strong spirit, have a strong mind. I don't mean a yasinach, I don't mean strong will, I mean a strong mind with the word. To do God's will so that you can know what is the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God for you on the face of the earth. Now, now this is the scripture in Luke chapter 16 verse 11. And this is what we need to build strong. I have many friends and people and people I counsel that are struggling in this life. They struggle their whole life. I have family. They struggle. Why do they struggle? Because somewhere along the line, there's a principle missing. They live in worry, in fear. They're anxious. They nervous wrecks. And there's a lot of God's people. Maybe you are sitting here. Maybe you are watching. Maybe it's you this morning. And there's constant a fight in your mind. Are we going to have enough? Are we going to make it? Look at the economy. Look at the situation. Are we going to come out with our money? Will we reach something? Will we establish something in this life? And they worry, 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 and worry. And they always in debt. Listen, family. And their whole life, they struggle. One thing they have, if I can just survive. If it's Monday, they wish it's Friday. If it's Friday, they wish it's Monday. And that's how people go through life. But it is not God's plan. Say, this is not God's plan. He paid for your sin. He paid for all your sickness. He paid for your lack, your poverty, so that you can be blessed and wealthy. Now, and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, that's Jesus speaking. See, this is where the reason where a lot of people are missing the thing. Now, please, I don't want your money. I'm not asking for money. I want to help you how to establish a strong foundation. How God carries this ministry through 
this. 510, 11 days of lockdown. Little bitty church, 50 people. We have more than 2,000 members in this whole organization. And, uh, and, and you'll be shocked that after the counting, the office, then they sent a thing, 4,000 for 10 services on a, do you know how many uh, you divide all that? So God is our source, not, 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 uh, the principle of the word is there to help you. He says, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Did you know that scripture is in the Bible? In other words, if I'm not faithful where I am in the little, God can never trust me with much more. And I said it in two Sundays in a row. God is more interested that your mind will change than your circumstances. Because God can do anything. He can change your circumstances now. But if your mind is not changed according to the word, in a week's time, you're back in your circumstances. And even worse, every person that won the lotto is between three and five years, maybe sometimes less, less than that, worse off than that 100 million they win and that 250 million they win they, because their mind didn't change. Help me, somebody. And if you have respect for what God says, now, now God's got eternal laws that is on the go. And God's will is not for you to suffer. Now I know I didn't give them the scripture, but I'm going to ask them to put it up. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Going to explain to you all the negativity that you ever believe and the anger what you got when they talk about money to help you. It says you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ though he was rich yet for your sake who's that your for the Muslims the heathen the devils the Satan worshippers the Bohai faith the Buddhas no this letter was written to God's people born again baptized in water, spirit fault. They operate in the gifts. They operate in the fruit. He says, you know the generous grace of your Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Say, God wants me to be rich. Now, please don't get smart with me to say, oh, it's spiritual riches. No, that means liquid, baby, liquid. God wants you. Abraham was rich. Now I, now I know people are going to say, oh, you and that uh, wealth theology. No, I just say what Jesus said. Jesus kept a full-time team <laughs> in ministry. The streets of heaven is made with, pavement is made with gold. Now, he said, the Amplified Classic is very powerful in that. But that helped you say, I have a scripture. And because I have a scripture, I, my mind is enlightened. Because this nonsense, and I grew up in a Pentecostal church where they preach. We need to be so poor. That's holiness. Then we had one piece of underwear. One pair of socks promise you. And the church were poor. My pastor were poor. We had a little mini minor. That's all the only car because they preached the poverty thing. Now nobody say, God make me poor. Strip me 
pass away and let me sleep under the bridge in this cold winter. Is there anybody that wants that? Thank you. That settled my case. Because the heart of the Father, you know the, okay, that's still the new living. Let's get to the other scripture. I want to help you. Because family, God means business with you. The heathen is not going to finance the kingdom. I was a businessman myself. I made God my senior partner and I excel. When I started the business, I borrowed money, 250 rand to rent a building. I borrowed 35 rand to put a phone in. I took coffins. I started a funeral business on APRO. Pay as you die. And they brought it all the way from Graf Renet, solid wood coffins. I was one of the only people who had solid wood coffins here in, 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 in the Western Cape. Later on, I had a second business. Later on, I bought out businesses. Later on, we had a third business. And it started out of nothing. No knowledge of funerals because we raised, we raised many people and our children in our home. This boy died in our home at the age of 21. And I had to bury him in the long kloof. And the funeral undertakers, the, the, the mawkers right in the cemetery, in the long kloof, there in Uniondale. And uh, Uniondale's a spook. And uh, the next thing that happened, they say, you were his last father. You're going to prepare the body. I said, I don't touch dead people. I'm sorry. So well, the coffin is there and the service needs to start because I was the preacher in that reformed church. And I put Dirk in the coffin and shaved him and dressed him. And I think, I can do this. I'll do it for the community. And that day at his grave, I start a funeral business out of nothing. Because you will see the next scripture, Amplified Classic. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. His kindness. Say after me, his kindness. His gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though he was so very rich. I like the word very rich. Yet for your sakes, he became so very poor. Why? In order that by his poverty, you might become enriched, abundantly supply. That's God's will for you. That's God's will for his church. That's God's will for his people. Jesus was born in a manger. Listen what happened. They brought gold and silver and mirror to him. Because you never come to the king empty-handed. Now, now let me keep with the scripture. Because the, the, the problem is, if I ignore God's forever settled principles or laws then I am in trouble. Because God is the one who created everything. Can I get an amen with that? And he puts spiritual laws in place. The laws of physics in place. There's natural laws. And they operate seven days a week, 24-7. The law of gravity. Now think if that law only operates on Wednesdays. What do we do Thursday, Friday? We float. We will try to touch. We think we are moon rakers. And then Wednesday, we're back on the earth again. And then we, the law of gravity is true. Uh, I was a rascal when I was a youngster. And you can see at this young age. And uh, 
I, we had a big tanks, a tank stand where the water, because I grew up in a small holding there in Benoni North. And then I climbed up this big tank stand higher than this roof with the garden umbrella. I was very skinny. Then I think I was Spider-Man. Then I jump off the house. I invade Spider-Man. That time it didn't exist. Then I come down and I, I think I'm a recce. Then I land. But one day, I thought I'm going to take it to the extreme. I want to come faster down. So I took a rain umbrella. That small ones. Now, as true as the Lord, you can feel my head here. Get up my kop geval. I really, I fell on my head. So I had this little umbrella high up. And that day, the law of gravity was against me. I jump. And that thing must be made in China. Oh, Jesus, we've got Chinese that watch. Uh, made in China. Because for a second it was nice, and then the next moment it fold, and I flipped and tried to uh, that I because the law of gravity works. There's spiritual laws, there's health laws. Pastor Emmy had a patient, and uh, for they do with something, ice and stuff, and I don't know what, then you lose. Then the boy said, this boy is going, this guy. Now he died, I buried him a few months ago, and it can be a year ago. But then the guy said, I don't know why he's going. What of the children staying there? I said, why? He said he drinks two two-liter Cokes every night, the sugar one. He eats two slabs of chocolate. And before he sleep, he eats six eggs, a half a dozen, with three uh, loaves of, of three slices of bread. He died in a heart attack. Because he didn't die because he, he died because he violated. I was skinny when I came in Cape Town, and then suddenly I developed a craving for arrow chocolate. Now instead of eating chocolate in the afternoon. You lie in bed and it goes like a green, clean, vacuum clean machine. And then later on I said, I bind this fat devil. No, you can bind him as you want. I love custard slices. I'm not eating all the stuff now. But when I walk in Cape Gate, you pass Limnos. And believe me, there's a devil in that fridge. There's a devil called custard slice. I'm minding my own business. I walk like this past the place, not to see it. But suddenly there's an arm coming through the window and out of the fridge. And I'm walking like this, and this hand is in front of me and say, I still walk like that, and then I walk in. And before I can sit, I said, that custard slice there. I know that doesn't happen with you. You have control. That's why you're so beautiful and skinny and you look phenomenal. So there's laws that, you know, of health. I don't drink sugar, but I take 12 teaspoons of sugar 
in tea, then I only stir the top two. No, I don't drink sugar at all. That's a lie. I repent. But that's how people operate. It's the same. There's eternal laws. And if I violate that law, I'm going to be in trouble. Ask Brother Sean and his daughter. They, they fly. And if they're in the airplane, there's certain laws. I, we've got a pilot in America. And uh, he flies me when I go to Grenada or wherever. And uh, he was flying the, the, the oil pipes. And I said, he flies long. He said, now I put the airplane on autopilot, then I sleep. I said, Jesus. I even did this. I said, if you fly with me, so I make sure. I said, are you okay? Are we, when we fly to Grenada, where we fly? Because I want no sleeping pilot. You see, if you violate the law with car, the speed says 60. You do 120 in a 60 zone, you make an accident and say, where was God? I'm so angry with God. He didn't protect me. No, God got out of the car when you went to 70. Then the devil was in until 90. And when you passed that, he said, my Jesus, let's get out. Let's leave him alone. You see, people, there's laws. Finances has a law. If you're not trustworthy with, with wealth, with earthly things, who will trust you? I help people to rent cars in America. I've got a company that helps us. I never take a car back dirty or empty. I fill it up. I clean it. I help other big names. Then the owner said, we'll never give them a car again. Why? He brought the car back to the motor dealership dirty and empty. And I said, if that's something I can teach people, you know, you'll never see I walk in front of a lady in front of a door. You'll never see that. I'll always stand back, even my children. There's certain laws. Now, now the, the principles, now let me get into that. Because the law of God, and I'm going to read it to you, is that God wants you to be prosperous and blessed. What did God do in Genesis chapter 1 when he created Adam? Verse 28, 27, 28, 29. And God looked at Adam and Eve, and he said, Eve, you better get makeup. Now, he didn't say that. And God cursed them. No. And God blessed them and said, multiply and be fruitful. And reign. Be a ruler on the face of the earth. You see, if I don't understand God's original intent, Adam and Eve had no and it didn't bother them. Until they violate the law of God, then they had to get fig leaves. This is God's original plan. God doesn't change like we do. The couple get married to this. <laughs> One guy, I married a couple recently, and they say, 
Don't drag it out. We want to go on honeymoon. I cannot wait. Now, ask me right now if they still married. Because when the honey was over and the moon was left behind of the honeymoon, he said, I don't want this. She goes on her teeth in the night. Like, he said, she's a no. He said, my Lord, when she doesn't have makeup on, he said, I stare at nights at her and think, what the heck? What was wrong? I said, no, oh no, your hock skin at your gebra. You see, people, this is the thing, because we operate in dimensions that harm. We do ourselves more harm than the devil with all his angels, any sangoma, any witch doctor, any person. We harm ourselves more with destructive ideas. And if I can just help somebody, and as your pastor, I ache and I cry. I'm up since before four this morning. I prayed for you all. So that God will help you. I want to see you excel. I want to see you move in dimensions. I want to see the young people come up and impact the world by become world changers. With inventions and, and, and pioneer stuff and start new businesses and things. Even in the midst of calamity. I don't want you to finish your race. Defeated. And no hope. Because most people are surprised. When you tell them this. Jesus spoke more in the parables about money. Than about heaven or hell. Why? Because he know our human element, we're going to worry, and then we worry more. Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got its own problems. God, who clothes Solomon and the lilies of the valley, how much more will he clothe you? So worry is the trick of the enemy, because he knows that people, my word, they worry how they're going to spend the money, and if they're going to spend it. Then they worry how to spend it. And then they worry how to keep it. And sometimes we keep it at the wrong moment. And then we, we buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like. I drive a car. Uh, how old is that Mercedes? 2007 it was given to me after we sold so many, 2012. But it's a 2007 model. So uh, seven, it's, is it 14 years old? Can it be 14? Yeah, yeah. Full service history. 260, 70,000. I can go and buy myself a brand new Mercedes out of the box. But I don't need it. Because a car is, a, is a, not a status symbol. Uh, somebody gave me now an A8, Audi, V8. Got it. Since last week. Car for me is the thing that takes me from point A 
to point B. I don't need to impress anybody. There were times that we were driving vehicles that the road was running. You see, literally, somebody spit out his gum. There, a crow dropped his whatever. And this other guy's car was leaking oil. You sit like a frozen chicken in the pick and pay fridge that you sit with your beer and We had cars. I had to hide them. We couldn't afford a petrol cable. We took a wire, electric wire, through the, uh, from the carburetor, through the bonnet, with a piece of wood. So you pull the thing to drive. I had to, the cars, the, the, the canvas comes out of the, I, I can tell you, we had a little cold bucky. I took Tasha to school. She was great R or preschool. And when I took the drive here at Fanny Tron, the door fling open and she flew out of the bucky like this. She ended up in the tar road. She took her little suitcase. She came around. She hit me. She said, I'm not going to school. It's you. It's you. No, it was not me. It was that bucky. Then the pastors get me on the N1 and they stop me. They got brand new Crescidas out of the box. And I know if I switch this thing off, I'm going to be stuck here because it flood. And I, I'm so embarrassed. And then I try to ignore him. I go, a little small cold half tanner. Then he said, boop, boop. I, I, I said, <clears throat> then he opened his window. Joy, pull off. I said, Jesus. So then I pull off. He said, switch off the thing. You're wasting petrol. And I think, I cannot switch this car off. He said, Joy, switch the thing off. You've got a cry fontaine mentality. Then he said, look what God blessed me. Look what you're driving. I said, brand new. This guy blessed me with this car. Where did you get this rubbish? He said, my God, I don't even want that in my car, in the parking lot of our church, if you come to preach there. And I think in the back of my mind, me preach for you. No, thank you. Then he said, I, I just want to show you what God blessed me with. I feel depression comes on me. He said, you know, and they gave me an extra 10,000 and we went on a boat trip and all the things that I cannot do because I just cook bully beef. To help my children make it. Then people knock on our door and say we don't have food. And the little we had, I pack in bags for them. Then half an hour they back, they say, throw the bags there and say, now what do you think we must do with this? Where's the meat? There's no meat in here. Then that's the moment when I feel not the Holy Spirit, another spirit must get hold of me that I can take that bag. And Latluopala. And all of all that, so I'm not sharing stuff that I'm not knowing about. I know what it is when the deputy sheriff hits a summons on your house. Vian was dating Tasha that time, and they're going to auction the house. And, oh my word, I had to make a plan to get the thing off. And when, I know all these stories because I didn't come here wealthy. I came here very, very poor, very poor. I had to learn the principles of the word. Let me help you in that. Because it's amazing how discomfort becomes comfortable. 
If you go to the gym the first time and you have a personal trainer and he start with a certain weights and ask that other architect there at the back, he can tell you. Later on, if they put a hundred kilogram on you, you can walk with it. It's not a burden. But in the beginning, it was like, and that's how we are. We are loaded with battles, with pain, with hurt. We become so used to our circumstances of survive. I was there. That we come used to it. It's like a woman that she's used to be abused by her husband. And, and uh, when you counsel them, she tells you all the bad thing. And when they pally up, she said, the pastor said that about you and that. Then he's angry with you. And she is. Because she's used to abuse. You always hear, No, no, he panel beat her. I knocked on a door here and cried from time. The husband and wife was yelling and screaming and swearing at each other. And they used tongues that I haven't heard in a long time. And I thought, I better, when I hear glass broken, I knock on the door, and they didn't. And then I hammer on the door. They were still saying, you desidize it, that's some sedang, it's a Volkswagen, it's a sock spanner, it's a moor spanner, it's a what And when I bump on, suddenly it's quiet. And she opens the door. Oh, my pastor. I was just telling my lover, you know, I love him so much. Lovey, we surprised the man of God is here. God really have an appointment with us tonight. Then he comes out, he's battled to put his teeth in. And he said, oh, I was just, I'm so in love with my wife. And, and I think Leonards, Satans, devils, they pretend nothing has happened. I'm used to that. Because I'm too long in the ministry to, to, you know, there's nothing that surprised me anymore. Help me. So the, the, the thing is, we become custom of not having, of abuse. Of we settle in a way and then we say, we start blaming God. God is teaching me a lesson. No, he doesn't teach you a lesson. God stripped me. How many people told me in this time, God stripped us. I said, strip you of what? God doesn't have a pole. He doesn't strip. Oh God, God put corona on us to teach us a lesson. It's the wrath of God. Because my, I said, stop that nonsense. God has no university of corona, no university of poverty, no university of sickness, no university of happiness and death. God, God doesn't kill somebody to get to you. If he kills, no, God's not a murderer. But if that person die, it's not because to teach you. I become wiser through things that happens in my life. People say, what are you doing for a living? I said, uh, pastor number 160 died this week that I personally know. I told the children, don't tell the people I'm a pastor because the devil, look what he's done now. I said, just say, I'm in it. So people say, what do you do for a living? I'm a learner. We do the art classes. Who are you? I said, no, I'm the janitor. I clean here when you finish. Because I've learned 
Life is too short to waste. I don't have time to waste. So life is made out of choices. We are all somewhere along the line, the product of a choice that either somebody made for us or we made self. Can we be honest with that? Now, now, now this, I've seen the most phenomenal men of God marry the wrong woman. And she convinced him. And then their life end up in a shambles. I've seen the most phenomenal woman marry the wrong person. She serves God, her hands in the air, and she until now the church is too poor for us. Plastic chairs, asbestos roofs. And we need a church with bicycle seats. Yeah. That's okay. It's okay with me. I, I'm not God. I don't have a heaven. I don't shed blood. I can just do what God tells me to do. Go and make disciples. But this is the thing. We become use. How do you think that people in a prophet's church and he abused them, take up five offerings, and if they later don't have money, said, bring your car keys, bring your house keys, and I want it. And they do it. People are like in a mode, they do it. They bewitched. They used to abuse. I don't feel sorry for, I feel sorry for their stupidity. Because, read my lips, this move will be nameless and faceless. There's not going to be a superman. It's going to be whosoever is available. I don't care if you're 110 and on crutches, and if you're five years old and you're just born, whatever, God's got a plan. I don't care what education you have. If you're available for God, God's going to use you. We have been limited ourselves, and that's the strategy of the enemy. Listen, church, and we need to land. Say, South Africans has lost in 2020, January, the stats is this morning, of wealth, 237 billion. I know people personally that was invested all their, their pension, everything in Sambo Bank until Winnipeg. And they boast with me. They say, we secure. Oh, we get so much interest in our life. And then when that thing fold, because the problem was they had the wrong source. Say they had the wrong source. 200, 2019, South Africans lost 133.7 billion. Now the law of God is sovereign. And the first thing that I want to help you with these laws, there are a few of them that you need to do. If you can master the first two, then all the others are easy. Number one, the first law of God's financial plan to build a strong foundation is, remember, God is my source. All of us in this building, you think it was your business. You think it was your, your job that you had. People lost their jobs. People's businesses went down. People lost money. They lost their investments. They lost because, and my word, they made their things their source and not God. Help me. To run this ministry, 
cost God to be our source. It costs 700000 a month. That's what it costs. 52 people on payroll and not one miss one day. Not a day late with their salaries and not even less than what they earn. We feed, start feeding more people. Feeding. To reach 3,000 families cost a lot of money. What's the key? Say God. Say again God. God is our source. One doctor diagnosed, can you get you off your job? One wrong movement of the manager can cost you your future. If anything except God is your source. Family, I had to learn this in life. That not because, <laughs> I remember we, we, we've got very wealthy people in this ministry and we have very, very poor people. I don't know who gives what and I don't care. I love people for who they are, not for money. Sometimes I'm standing there at the door and the little children and uh, at the previous one also, they rub their noses, snot all over. Then it's a 5,000 rand suit that somebody gave me. I don't care. Because I love people for who they are. Not for what I can get. A father is a giver. A father is not a taker. And this is the key word. Because the first law is remember God is my soul. That is the law of ownership. Nothing you have belongs to you. You're going to have it till the age of 80, 90, 100 if you're lucky. And then it goes to somebody else. And if you don't have a will, please get a will. Then the government already has decided what's going to happen to your assets. So nothing you have is yours. Oh, I can see some people, they immediately say, I want to help you to get out of your dilemma because we're going to pray. The first law of building a strong, of God's financial plan is the law of ownership. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, NIV translation. Always remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Who gives you the ability? If you get up tomorrow morning, there's people fighting right now for their lives and life support machines. They will give everything to sit in a service like this. The new thing is, no, we're not coming to church. That's the place where people get covered. But they sit in restaurants. They go, the mall is packed. The bicycle, I don't think, whatever. The taxis, dear Jesus. I flew and I'm flying out next week to Johannesburg for the past two weekends. I'm flying out. I'll preach and then fly after the service to do conferences. That airplane is packed to capacity and you sit on each other just with a mask. And nobody worries about covid but now we spiritualize the thing. That's the set of the devil. I'm not going to church, Jesus. The covered people were here sometimes to check if we apply, comply with names, with the... Some of you don't need detergent anymore. You are so full of that alcohol. Where you go, you just clean. 
even if the names is written. But it's not a problem to visit with the family, to do this, to go to weddings, to go to fields. To go. You see, we ha- we, the devil messed us up. Now we say that's the new norm. No, he wants to rob you. Not to hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing. I must hear the word. Well, I can. That's good. Watch. That's good. Praise God. Because we limited with 50 people and every service that's full. But remember this. The Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability, the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms the covenant. That's why God wants you wealthy and blessed. That he can confirm his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors. That's now Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as it is today. God wants you to be blessed. You must see God as your source. He used people. He used your business. He used a father. He used some company. He used somewhere. He used sinners <laughs> that we could bolt. The sinner has instruction. Go and make money. Then you give it to the righteous. They're going to put it in your hands. That's the Bible. See, we, 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 we not, and the, che- the church didn't teach us these things because we want just to say, live holy now. Don't Draw eyebrows. Don't shave your leg hair. Don't go to this. Don't. And we have all this long list of apostolic sins that has no value for you to impact the world. You are a world changer. You are a world changer. My God. It is he who gives you the power. Because if the scripture, Romans chapter 11 verse 36 says... New Living Translation. Everything. Say everything. That means everything. Your deodorant, your toothpaste, your money, your shoes. I walk out of some services in the past and I don't have shoes on. I got in the car, then I undressed, took off my pants to give it to somebody. I gave a car away this weekend. The next weekend, I'm in the church again. Then God said, give the car away again. So I never know if I have a lift if I'm in services. We help a ministry, and the the office gave me the money to keep in my pocket to pay for their buildings. And the power of God came in that service during the offering, and I start calling people and hand money out. And I see there at the back, a man is jumping. And that was the people we help. And I thought, my word, he's so reserved. It must be the power of God. Get hold of him. Then I said, who's got a water account? Who's got that? And just gave the money away. And I stood at the door. I said, man, God got hold of you. He said, what? Was not God? Was me trying to get your attention? You gave my money away. I said, I wonder whose money was in my pocket. Happened a few times with me. Because money, is, it's, it's not an issue to me. Not an issue. I had a three-carat diamond ring. I flew to Paris to give it away. Because things cannot possess you. If anything possess you, it becomes an idol. And your worries can become an idol. The little you have can become an idol. If you don't make God your ultimate source, he says everything comes from God. Uh, comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. For whose glory? His glory and all glory to him forever 
an amen. So this is a key word that I must understand. The law of ownership, it belongs to God. Say, it belongs to God. Because as long as it belongs to you, you worry, you are going to be concerned. How do I going to do it? While Jesus gave instruction, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Find out how God is operating. Then you do it just as God is doing it. Then he will add to you the cars, the houses, the land, the money, and everything you need. Because God doesn't want you to worry. Worry. Some of you sit here, you look like 80, but you're actually 34. It's from worry. You know, I preach in places and I'm in conferences. And recently, last Sunday, I did a conference and, with Asia and stuff. And then I looked quickly through the screen and I said, Oh, Jesus, I'm the oldest person here on the screen. Somebody at the funeral Friday. And when they told me how old I am, I pulled up my shoulder and I said, said, how old are you? Not to embarrass them because I'm older than them. I said, 45. Then I said, Jesus, forgive me. Because of worry. Many people's lives are on hold right now. You press the pause button because you worry about the children, how you can keep them on university, all the stories. Worry is the strategy of the enemy. And worry takes you to the level that you become stubborn against God's laws and then you do it your way. You say, I'll do it. The Bible gives us instruction. He said, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Put God first. Because this is the key word, family, by word. God is the source of everything. Everything comes through his power. We could have never. The day when I sell the business, I made God my senior partner. I had three quarters of a million rand of debt. And I heard the Lord say, don't touch a penny, give it away. The, the, the business was financing this vision. When I look back today, we could have never. There must, many people must have to die to make all that money up. 700,000 profit to take care of God's business. And we're going to build a humongous children's village. And that thing is on the go at the moment. And do some other stuff, very interesting stuff uh, in the very quite future. And buy another facility. And, and how do we do it? God is the source. The young boy came with the five loaves, two fishes. And he went home with 12 baskets left over after they fed 25,000 people. You see, in your mind, in my mind, when Jesus said to Peter, he said, we are in trouble with SARS. Now, we have testimonies in this church. We have testimonies. If you walk in Cape Gate, testimonies. Uh, um, um, she's watching right now. Patricia, you'll be amazed what God did through her in the soul of South Africa. How God, another family, they faithful during this cover time. They had big, big, big money that they owned. SARS written off a little bit amount of money. I've seen how people came through, how supernatural supply of God. Because God is not limited to my need. It's not my need that moves God, it's my obedience to his word. And that day when I let go of that, all that money, I said, gave it to the ministry. I can tell you, we excel. God did it. God did it. God, God. I, I can just say God. So I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm telling you, humble, because I see how people are 
in pain and in disappointment. And the devil wants to rob them from their God-given destiny and ability to do mighty things for God. That's why everything comes from him. The law of ownership, say, I own nothing. Everything comes from God and belongs to God. And that's why I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. So what God has in mind for you is the exceedingly, the abundantly, what you ever can ask or pray for. No, but you cannot show me that, Jesus. I said, well, he gave his life. And why does he want to prosper you that you can complete your godly assignment on the face of the earth without any delays? God doesn't want your children to be disappointed and say the God you serve and you told us all these years, where is he? I've spoken to many ministers' children and to young people. I say, where's that God when my parents were suffering? They're angry. And I said, it's not God's fault. Well, my parents were living holy and I said, I understand. But there's certain laws that governs this world and our lives. Help me, somebody. The second law, and I'm closing with that, is the law of honor. Honor God first. That's the law of tithing, offerings, giving to the poor. Now, where do we get that from? Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 9 to 10, out of the living Bible. And I want to give you scriptures because the next, honor God first. There's four legs that this thing is. First is the priority, then the purpose, then the place, and then the day. You must never forget that is the law of honor. It's the purpose. God doesn't need nothing. He's not in need of anything. He said, all the gold and all the silver and all the cattle and a thousand hills. Now, why does God ask me? Because money carries the potential to become a God. Money is never evil. It's the love people have for money. I've seen, and we've got somebody in the church, and he was in the early service. They shot his son in his driveway for a cell phone. We were feeding children, and this young boy, I was at the petrol station, he ran to me full of blood. They stabbed the other boy that we were feeding for one rand and killed him. We did the Christmas services, uh, the Christmas thing for the thousands of children. There was a little boy, he had the nicest ears. Now, some people have visible ears, you know, like an elephant, if they speak, it moves. But he had little dry peach ears. Ek sê, jyre, kon nie vir my sikke mooi oor gegeet nie. Nou het ek hierdie goed wat soos hi-fi speaker staan. He was standing here. He gave his heart to the Lord. He was on the off-ramp here. Three guys came and chased him. They want the money that people threw in. He ran on the railway track and a train hit him and cut him in three pieces. For a few pennies so your life is not worth anything but this is the key honor the Lord with your wealth well I'm not wealthy I get Sasa honor if you have a bank card the mayor of Stellenbosch called me in and he said he died now and he said Stats shows in South Africa, if you have an ATM card, you are in the top five bracket of wealthy people in South Africa, even if you just use it for Sasa. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. Now he says, honor the Lord with your leftovers. Honor the Lord after you take first care of your business. No. You violate a spiritual law. God, the principle of first, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Make If I can give advice to people that wants to go in business or in business, may God, your senior partner, the first income of everything, you have approved now. You cannot do it. If you honor him, God is in your business. I had a three quarter of a million of debt in 2001 when I sell the businesses and boom, 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 boom. God got us out of that debt who helped supernaturally. Because this is the key word, people. He says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Giving him the first. Did you hear the word first there? Now, the principle of first, who's married for a few years? There's a few people. God, who needs a husband or a wife? There sits a lot of single people here. Who would love it that you love this person so much and one day you scratch in his or her Bible and you found her previous boyfriend in that Bible with stars and lipstick And, oh, I love you. I shouldn't marry this witch that I'm married to. Who would be excited to find out you second? Thank you. Just say it again. Nobody! Now, why does Christians want to make God second, third, and fifth? Who's the all source, the life source of life? I had to learn this principle 52 years ago. I grew up in a family that's Christian. So my father preached and he was new apostolic and coming out of a generation of uh, Dutch reforms. And my family with ties was they never skip a tithe, even if they were not saved. That's what my mother always said. Give God first. When I gave my heart in 1969, that's 52 years ago, I start tithing out of every penny, every ticky I got, every two and a half cent. That time you have a sixpence here in the I gave money because I learned. Then the rent and cent and whatever. We were in penny and shillings and, and, and whatever and tickies. I had to learn this. As long as I kept that doing, I was prosperous. The moment when I let my problems overrule that God is not first, I face challenges like never before. Because the scripture says, listen, if I do that, because that's the, the purpose is. First, <laughs> oh my word, what the promise, what is the promise the purpose is everything belongs to God and I must honor the Lord my God by giving him the first part of all my income and he will fill my barns to the overflow. What will he do? Say overflow. 
He didn't say no flow, little flow. John chapter 10, 10. I came that you might have life and have that life in abundance to the overflow. Some people are in no flow. Some are in little flow. Some are in really a stuck in a flow. But God wants you to have an overflow. Now, please, people, I don't say these things to get anything. Go and do with your money. I can teach you the principles of the word of God that's going to help you. Not one of my grandchildren will suffer. I will not let, because my children suffered. And I made provision. I will not. I will not. I sowed years ago. Whatever they want to study for, they can study. Because we keep, as I speak, I keep medical doctors on university. By his grace, me and my family. And there's more students that we do. We, we help a young boy that goes to the hotel service that became uh, one of these chef, culinary chefs, what do you call them? They do all these fancy stuff. Nobody had no hope in the boy. And when I saw the boy in a service, when I preached there, I said, let's help this young man. He graduated this year with distinctions. Now, there's more, more that we, uh, I'm not telling the because I sowed where I want to go in life. I've learned this. Now, you say, Gustav, you must have. No, no, no. I come to services and you see, I give offering and then one of the ushers think I need to give more. And, and that was just, that's okay. That's okay. Because if I understand why God wants me to be blessed, Scripture says I must honor him with the first part. That's the law of tithing. He says of all your income. Now why a tenth? The number ten is complete. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the beginning of something fresh. Because he said, I want you to prove to you that money is not God, that you honor me before you do anything, and that you will get further with the nine-tenth, then with the whole amount. Oof. Some of you, I see you to type on your phone. Ek, jy gesê, ons moet by die huis bly. Wat die God ek jy ons laat nie na toe kom. Let me just land. I want to help you. Because I love you. I'm honored to know you. I want to see lives changed, transformed. I don't want you to be in a dark place, in a difficult place. I don't want fathers to worry about their families. I don't want mothers, single mothers to care and say, how are we going to make it with the children? I don't want that. I want you to be blessed. And I can only teach you. Because if I want my head blessed, if my head is blessed, then the whole body can be blessed. But people, this is stuff that I had to learn through the word of God. So that you can excel. You can make it. You can be everything God wants you to be. The promise or the requirement is under the Lord. 
The purpose is in Deuteronomy 14, 23, the B section, Living Bible. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. To put God first, the Living Bible. This is a new Living Translation, but it's okay. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. And eat it there in his presence. The, I nearly said this apples. This applies to your ties of grain and wine and olive oil and firstborn males of your flocks and everything. Because doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. The living Bible, if they can get that one up, living Bible, LB. LB. Lba. Lala. Baba. Okay. Lba. Only la. Not the. Okay, sometimes difficult for them. They do an excellent job there. And to work with me is quite a mission. And listen what the scripture says. I have that scripture here. He says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. If you want God, your marriage to be blessed, put God first in your marriage. If you want... Your relationships to be blessed. Put God first. Young girl, she dated a guy and she thought she's going to win him for the Lord and she serves God out and out and then he wants to marry her and then she brings him to ultimatum. She said, if you don't serve God and go to heaven with me, I am not willing to go to hell with you. So this is over. You must put God first in your relationship. In your marriage. If you want. Your business to be blessed. Put God first. Put God first. I've seen people. God gave me the grace. I prophesied to people. They, they were workers. Then they become very wealthy. Then they have this argument. We cannot be at Lofdal. They're too poor. We mingle now. Uh, one family that was here. And not here years ago, prophesy them wealth and they become very wealthy. And suddenly they were driving these fancy cars. And then they came to me and said, we cannot worship with you any longer. Our status changed. Oof. Pride. I said to the person, so Volma phoned me and she said, they phoned her. And it was family of theirs. And so they said, if we were still at Loftal, we would come with our bucky. But we cannot go to church this morning to park our bucky between all those fancy BMWs where they went, where there's five shields from day carpets and bicycle seats. And we have bicycle seats at Brickloftal. There at the. That place looks like a theater. And with asbestos roof. And Vilma told me, I said, Vilma, they're going to see their backsides without a mirror. It wasn't three months. Then they say, where's God now? I said, no, 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 God's always there. I said, you changed the priority. Pride came in. Money became your God. And you start looking down at other people. I said, you're in big trouble. Make God your senior partner in everything you do. Every morning when I get up, I said, God, what do you want me to do today? To whom can I be a blessing? Send somebody or send me on somebody's way that I can be a blessing. That's how I pray. By his grace and mercy. 
If you want to be your, that your family, put God first with your family. If you want your money to be blessed, put God first. This is how you put him first. God doesn't want to be second and third and first pick and pay and then APSA and then Trust Bank and then First National Bank and then Capitec Bank and then uh, the liquor bottle store pick and pay and uh, then uh, fruit and veg and then uh, Ali Fruit Shops. And then God here, uh, give him the leftover. God said, I want to do so much for you. I gave my blood. I cannot violate the law I put in action. Now, because the devil, do you know the devil knows the Bible? The Bible says so. He says the devil knows and he trembles and he fears. So the devil, what is he? He's a thief. The parable of the sower. What's the devil after? He's not after your car and your house and your airplane and your money and your job. He's after the word. So he used that to get to the word. He used worry. He used all this. Uns- you are bombarded every day with negative information via television, via radio, via news media. That lady, somebody needs to get hold of her and cast the devil out of her. Father, somebody first start. You know these Afrikaans people? They don't say, and Father, Jesus told me, God told me, Father, they don't say the Holy Spirit. I said, my God, can you just talk normal, please? Just talk normal. And when they talk about God, they press that. They, they. Oh, God. God. My word. You, you don't know what we did. That's the spirit of religion. Now, I know <laughs> my word of the messages is going to come. But you can only be genuine when you are you. I don't want God to look at me and say, we praat nou daar dear Gustav. I speak to God as I speak here. I don't change and say, because that word is so powerful in Afrikaans language when you, when you use that word. And it's if they speak, somebody told me and said, God het my gesê, and you can't tell others. I'm okay, I'm a human being. I make noises, I can smell, I sweat, I sit, I. human. If you told me, then all what I have on my side is, and then after a while, they say it didn't work. I say, yeah, because it was not God. Our people told me, they say the Lord said they must leave the church because there's something deeper. Ask me, where are they today? Do they serve God? No. Are they still married? No. But, but God told them. Other couple told me, and, and the husband said, and don't fight this. My wife has a red telephone on God's throne. If she speak... And God picks up the phone. He speaks direct to her. I said, and you? I said, no, I don't hear from God. I said, do you know you two are a unit? You think God will tell your wife this crazy stuff? And you are fighting. He said, no, it's God. 
and said, no, no, it's a witch. Now you say, Gustav, you're very raw. No, no, the book of Galatians chapter 3. Who bewitch you, O church of Galatians? God can speak to you. I believe it. I, I'm not saying God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you all the time. But he doesn't lead you in error. A lady came to me. She said, the Lord said, I must divorce my husband. He's got something beautiful more in store for me. I said, your children are going to be angry with God. They're going to say, you t God took you. I said, stop this nonsense. Ask me quickly. Did her, does her son, no, her one son is in prison. They were spiritual, born-again people of this nonsense. We have a lot of nonsense. And we miss the greatness God has for us to move in dimensions. Because heaven depends on you that you can do it. Now, please, people, I believe in prophecy. I believe in the word of the Lord. I believe. If you tell me a word and it's God, I embrace it. I salute you. I respect you. Maar money by my kom and say ek doch man. Doch het fear geplant. To kom daar nie hoener op. The law of first. Put God first. Why I'm so vicious about that? Because I know years ago I made wrong choices. And I thought it was God. We invest money as a family in that project of the government. Building that big hotel for the soccer. And we lost every penny after God told me not to do it. So I can help you. Sat in front of a businessman years ago and uh, he said, give me this money to invest. And uh, I overruled the voice of God and lost every penny. Now today, that's many years ago in the 90s, I became streetwise. Because I understand. If you want God to bless your decisions, put God first. If you want God to bless your career, put God first. If you want to let God bless your time, put God first in your time. Don't put him at the back burner and waste time. This is the first day of the week. So honor God first. There is the promise. Then there's the purpose of tithing. Deuteronomy 14, 23, that was on the screen, is to always to put God first in your lives. Then there is the place. Malachi chapter 3, 10. NCV translation and the previous translation they had up also tell us, he says, bring the tithe to my storehouse. Well, I'm going to give it to my auntie in Loxton that needs. No, that's a good deed. That's not God's instruction. God can take care of his own business, but this is the instruction of God. He says, bring the tithe to my storehouse, a full tenth of what you earn. Then you can test me in this. That's the only place from Genesis chapter 1 till Genesis chapter 2 where you can put God to a test. You can test me, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven. That's the place. That's the place. If you EFT it and they've got a card machine, but it belongs to the storehouse of God. God, will you forgive me this month? I want to buy a new bicycle. God, that dress. Oh, my word. My wife will look so beautiful in that dress. Lord, she's going to look like Dolly Parton. Die motte gaan hy rogkop vreet. Motte gif bolliekies gaan hulle nie weghou nie. Because there's principles, people. Say principles. 
You can walk out of the service so angry and gonna stand on the railway and say, Ek dink die trainer hardloop nie, nie, maar jy sal gelukkig wees. And say, no train is going to catch me. No train is going to ride. And, and then the blue train comes. And you say, I'm standing here. I'm under protection of God. I'm Psalm 91. No weapon formed against me. Your blue train, you are a weapon. You will not prosper. And whoops, there the train cuts you in pieces. Whose fault was it? Your own, not God. See, this is the things that we need to understand. Now, I'm really landing. Bring to my storehouse a full tenth of what you earn. Test me in this, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out all the blessings you need. All the, how many of you have needs? I have a lot of needs. I need millions to build a children's village. And God said, if I follow the principle, he will see that it will happen. God doesn't want you in your old day to be sitting in a place and just sit in an old age home and nobody cares for you and nobody loves you. And you say, God, I have so many regrets. Why did I? No, God wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to bless so that he can bless you. Even in your old age, you will not wither. Because you are blessed by the Lord. So he tells us the purpose, the, the principle, the purpose, the place, the purpose of is to that put God first. And then he tells us the day. When do I need to do it? 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 2, Living Bible. On the first day of every week, that's Sunday. On the first day of every week, put aside some of what you have earned during this week and use it for the offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. That's in the Bible. I was reading scriptures today that you don't know exist. Sunday is the first day. It belongs to God. If I want to be blessed and go in higher heights and do, I promise you, test it. Put God first. If family wants to come and visit, say you can come and visit. You either go with me with the service or you come. If that strange man is not preaching, then you'll be 12 o'clock at my house. Then we'll be home. Otherwise, tonight. But put God first. If I can just family, the principle of first work, the, 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 the Fontoners and the Duplessis and the Smiths and the Detoys and the Bennets and who's connected in my f f f biological family every January. We took all the money, what we have, all the money. Doesn't matter. I cannot remember how many hundreds of thousands we gave in January this year. Then we, as a first fruit offering, we give it away. Because the first always determines what happens with the rest. That's why we don't suffer February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. December, we need thousands to feed 5,000 children. And the money last year, on December the 16th, we had the amount. It was thousands. And didn't come out of here. Because every the first, every Sunday what I was preaching, that time the church was locked, I called my brother, I called them, and I said, be included in this prayers because the word works. And then we sow it, and then we give it away to the storehouse of God. 
And I can tell you, you can imagine, with water accounts over 100,000, with a budget every week of petty cash between five and 10, weekly salaries 10, 11,000, monthly salaries of hundreds of thousands, how we do that by this principle I've just shared. The word works. I must always remember God is the source. Say, God is my source. These musicians, Gustav, them. I'm so glad I've got somebody that's got that name. It means God's staff. God's stock. God's stuff. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until, don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. So every week, that's why we do offerings. I don't do it as a ritual. That's why we do tithes. That's why we give to the poor. Because if, we, if a church doesn't reach out to the poor, and if you don't have a heart for the poor, you are in big trouble. That's the undefiled Christianity expressed on an outward way. If they can put it on the screen, and this is my last scripture, James chapter 1 and verse 27, and we're going to pray. We had a lot of people viewing and some jumped off now. <laughs> I don't preach. This, this is serious. This is serious because God's going to deliver you. Pure and genuine religion. Listen, in what sight? In the sight of God is when I'm a prophet and we fall over. That's okay. It can happen. And we have glory services and the outpouring and the glory cloud appear. Does that scripture say that? No. Pure and genuine religion. Genuine. It's in the Bible. In the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress. And refusing to let the world corrupt you. In other words, to be self-centered and selfish. That's pure religion. That's why Loftal are so blessed. By His grace and mercy. That's why Oatsworth is so blessed. That's why Beaufort West is so blessed. That's why in the lockdown, the church are growing. You'll be amazed what people, they sit Dominic here Sunday in the 8 o'clock service of the Dutch Reformed Church. They sit Dutch Reformed people here in the 8 o'clock service. Catholics, Presbyterians, and the Pentecostals and Charismatics say, huh? No, we're going to get Corona. No, no. Do what God tells you to do and you will have the results of the word. Don't be reckless. Protect yourself. But this principle can change because it changed my life. And this word is not, oh, God bless you because you're a pastor. No, I was a disaster. Then I become a pastor. Or pastor, then I was a disaster. Until God got hold of me to become a devil blaster. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring. People contact me and say, God said I must give you money. I didn't ask for anything. Amazing. Because money is not my God. Money doesn't determine my mood. I don't like waste. That the staff will tell you. 
But this morning, this is the greatest investment you've made in your life. Because with all that commotion and all the revivals, all the stuff, and I believe in that, people are defeated. They're in bondage. They don't have hope. They move around the mountain 40 years and say, Oh God. But this morning, I want to break that thing by the power of God over your life. If you say, God, I need a miracle. We need miracles. We all need miracles. You need miracles. I need miracles. Because we called for the nations. You'll see when that six-seater plane, Pastor Rodney's got one of these jets that they sent me the picture now. One of these Lear jets. You'll see when people start manifesting. It's not the earthly thing. Why does God want to bless you? To put you on display to show the world that you're God. Because the Muslim can do that. The heathen can do that. The drug lord can do it. The mafia can do it. And God's people say, keep me poor Jesus. I'm so sorry that I'm alive. No. Bolt a strong spirit. Have a strong mind. Feed your mind with truth. When everybody said to this town, I'm never going to make it. I had to prove them wrong. From all the ministers in Cryfontaine area and Brackenfell, I'm the longest by His grace and mercy. And pastors keep on asking me, how did you make it? And I can tell them. I said, the grace of God. Not, nothing to do with Gustav. I walk on all this and I said, God, it's never me. It's not me. Not me. If it was me, I would be on pension at 60. Sit there at Hawaii and sipping at pineapple juice out of a half a pineapple with an umbrella. But I've learned the value. You're in this building this morning. If you don't know Jesus, make him your Lord. I beg you. This coming week, we have Auntie Linda passed away. Andre passed away. Louis, I, I, when I start naming the people, it's like so depressing. But I don't want you to complete your journey without fulfilling and living out your life mission. And it starts with by knowing Jesus. Find our viewers, if you don't know Jesus, share with somebody. Everybody in this building, pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning just as I am. Your word says I come short of the glory of God because I'm a sinner. Jesus, I call upon your name and I will be saved. Jesus, save me. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. From this day on, Lord, I will serve you with everything. I will not only be a churchgoer, I must belong to the body, to Jesus, to a local church, but I will make disciples and tell other people the hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You ask, why do we have to pray? to help people that shy to pray this prayer. And I told you I had six salvations Friday. I let everybody on that funeral pray this prayer because to when they push this coffin in our oldest son and they open that coffin, I made a vow to God. I will not let opportunity go by because he is a boy 28 years old. 
how life was before him. I don't want you to not fulfill what you were designed for. Every person in this building, or wherever you're watching and you say, God, I need a financial miracle this morning. I need it now. I need it now. I want you to stand with me. I'm also standing because we need millions and millions to do what needs to be done. Will you raise your hands as a sign? He's the God of miracles. Say, Lord Jesus, we've heard the word of the Lord this morning and we come to you. Forgive me where I did not put you first, where I did not honor you as my source. From today on, Jesus, you are the source of my life. You're the source of our family. You're the source of my business, my everything, my provision, my finances, my business, my job, my everything. I make you the source this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And because you're my source, I put you first. I honor you. I honor you with my ties, with my offering, and with giving to the poor. I bring it to the storehouse this day. I bring it to the place. Because the purpose is that I will always put you and remember that you give me the power, you anoint me to create wealth on the face of the earth, to get people out of bondages and to deliver the, the captive, set them free in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me where I've missed you. Today I'm making a complete turnaround. I'm going in alignment with my assignment. Thank you, Jesus, that I can walk out of this service. I can switch off this device that I'm watching on to know, to know, to know that God is my source. He is my provider. And nothing that I believe God for today is impossible. Devil, money is a weapon. And I've sowed my seed and I bring it to the storehouse and it's the weapon because I give to the poor. That's pure religion. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to destroy the yoke of not having, of just having just enough, of not enough. <laughs> to get out of no flow, little flow, to move in overflow. And I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. And I say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. Mean so shall it be. Say I am victorious. I am an overcomer. I am the champion of the Lord. And I'm prosperous in all my ways because I honor God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Are you blessed? Are you blessed?
Does the Word help you? It's the Word of God. If the Word help you, give the Lord a big hand this morning in this morning. Give a shout of victory. Tonight at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. tonight, Franzuk. And then 6 p.m. a live broadcast if you want to hear the rest of the sermon. It's going to help you. Don't say it's too long. My data. But you Google the whole time. Use your data for God. This is, I share principles and we share it. It's the word. I'm just a donkey that Jesus can ride on. I had to apply this principle. So I fasted, I prayed, I believe God. Nothing worked until I start giving and follow the principles. God loves you. We love you. If you're sick, raise your hand. Say, by his stripes, I'm healed. He has sent his word to heal me from all the diseases. I will not allow sickness and diseases to have a hold on me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now I can tell you, I fight health issues continually. Then I come out of the thing again. And God's grace helped us. Don't let the devil put fear in you with covet and all these junk. The old family goes through issues right now. And, uh, but the word of God is the final authority on the face of the earth. We love you. I, I, if you don't get a hug from me and you get this new thing, don't, I still love you. I, I still love you. And uh, it's just to protect you. You know, I'll hug everybody. I'll hug where I go. Let's bless God. Love you. Pray for Herman. Pray for Ilza. And uh, God bless you. Brother Sean, come and pray for us. Father, this morning we just we just say thank you for an awesome word once again. I believe this morning you are calling us back to one of the basics of life, Father, where we need to put you first. We need to place you where you need to be, Lord. And so as we, as we leave this place, Father God, as we go back to our respective homes, that we carry this word, Father God, with us. And as we've declared this morning, that we will turn back to where you need us to be and where you need us to focus on. And let us not be confused or construed by this the world sits, talks about the money thing, but it is placing you first, Father God. Giving you the place where you need to be. Applying this principle to our lives, Father God, and that we can care, that we can give to you and back to you what you have entrusted us with, Father. And as we go out, Lord, that we will just love on those who need, Father God. And we will give knowing that you will care for us, Father God. Knowing that you will guide and protect us knowing father god that the dreams that you've placed inside of us will will come to place will come to realization will happen father and so as we go bless us father protect us cover us as we go back into this world lord the world is bleeding out there father god but you are wrapping your arms around us and you are protecting us father in jesus name thank you thank you for this time that we set out today to come and hear from you to come and be reminded who you are and that you love us so much, Father. Bless us as we go today. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen.